0: Father, we thank you again for this time. We thank you for the worship. We thank you that we have the opportunity to pour out our hearts to you. And Lord, whether there's some times in worship where it's emotional and we praise you for that, and there's other times in worship where we just sit quietly before you and we just know that you're there, we thank you for those times as well. Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts to your word this morning. We don't want to just... Hear the same stories, but Lord, I pray that we would have a fresh perspective on what we want or what you're going to say to us today through your word. Lord, may the frequency in which we hear stories and read the Bible not diminish its power. Lord, we pray that you would do a work. Fill us with your spirit. Give us ears to hear and hearts to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you guys can sit down. Just to let you you know a little bit about me, um, I'm married to my lovely wife, Jackie. We've been married for seven years. She's, she's awesome. We have two little girls, um, of which this is, that's the first slide up here, if you guys want to go to that one. Uh, it's Claire, uh, it's the older one, and she's two. And Charlotte, uh, she's the little four-month-old, and uh, they're super cute. Go ahead and go to the next one. Does that just melt your heart? Just melt your heart. And, and then the next one. It's our little family. So I'm super blessed to be, um, to have that family. God has really uh, blessed me in that way. And I just want to let you guys know that I love my family. Because I'm a proud dad and I just love them. So anyways, I had to share that with you guys. Um, Acts chapter 2 is where we're going to begin. When you came to camp. And you were packing. You're packing your bags. And some of you people were packing, I saw them on the bus, really, really big bags. <laughs> Huge ginormal bags. But then when you got on the bus and we packed the bags up, didn't you like have this thing in the back of your head? Like, did I remember the did I remember my towel? Did I did I remember my toothbrush? Did I did I remember? You just felt like you were missing something. How many of you guys felt that way? Raise your hand. You felt like you were missing something. Yeah. We all do that. We all feel like that we're missing something when we go on a trip. And, and something that, that I believe that God wants to share with us today, a, a lot of you have been Christians for a really long time and praise God for that. But have you ever felt in your Christian life that, that something is just missing? Yes. Yes. You guys ever felt that in your Christian life there's an aspect of your faith that is missing? That's what we're going to cover here in Acts chapter 2. I pray that this is what God's going to speak to us today in terms of that missing piece. So here in Acts chapter 2 just to give you a little background, here's what's happening. Jesus has died. Jesus has rose from the dead. And now Jesus has ascended into heaven. And Jesus says, hey there's going to be something that's going to Happen, It's going to be awesome. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you guys. You need to go to Jerusalem and you need to wait. And so the Jews and the disciples, they go to Jerusalem and they wait for a while, for for a month and a half-ish or so, and they wait. And that's where we pick up our text. They're waiting for this promise. Verse 1 of Acts chapter 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, now, the day of Pentecost is a feast. The best way to describe that is, think Thanksgiving on steroids. Lots of food. It was a time where they would celebrate what God had done for them, and it was an awesome time. And Jews from all over the world would come to Jerusalem for this feast. So we need to get the, a picture here of what this is going to look like. This is like the Olympics. People from all over the world come to a place for one thing from everywhere, from all over the world, and they're speaking in a bunch of different languages, it's a bunch of different cultures, it's just crazy. You guys ever been in in a foreign country, and they're speaking other languages, and you're just like, what's going on? Or there's like multiple languages being spoken, you're like, this is crazy. Like, that is what is happening at the at this Pentecost feast. There's people coming from all over the world. And it just so happened that Probably 40 to 50 days earlier or so, Jesus died, rose from the dead, and was appearing to people after he rose from the dead. And God is setting the stage for something miraculous to happen. Pick it up in verse 2. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire, this is crazy, As a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I need you guys to do something for me. We need to, I'm not trying to reproduce the Holy Spirit. I just like movies and I just like sound effects. So we're just going to try to make that sound effect of a loud rushing wind. You guys ready? On the count of three. No, on the count of three. One, two, and three you go. Okay, you ready? <laughs> Let's just, sh- you guys ready? As loud as you can. One, two, three. Okay, what's this? Ooh, settle about. I want everybody to stomp their feet and try it again on the count of three and do the sound rushing wind. Guys, I need you to be like, right? I need that grunt, right? We need that growl in there. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, that's good. It was probably 10 times louder than that. They are being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is crazy. There's flames of fire that go on each of the head. They look like tongues. Why tongues? I don't know why. Maybe it's because they're speaking in different languages. I don't know. It's just my opinion. And they all began, filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking to each other in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Let me ask you a question. What is the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand and, and I'll call on you. Raise, what's the Holy Spirit? Yeah. What, say it loud and proud the one part of the trinity okay what is the Holy spirit yeah uh, not exactly yeah way in the back A voice in your head telling you what's right that's good yeah you and then you entity an entity of God designed to be inside of us as our leader and as our guide yeah Gift from God. This is really good. I was sort of misleading you when I asked the question. We shouldn't be asking, what is the Holy Spirit? We should be asking, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not the force. Dang it. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is not karma. The Holy Spirit is not magic. The Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is a person. And do you know what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is? Some of the the, uh, answers answer that question. It's to lead, now this first thing, to lead the Christian into truth. To shape a Christian to be like Jesus. And to empower a Christian to do what God wants. To lead a Christian into truth, to shape a Christian to be like Jesus, and to empower a Christian to do what God wants what God wants. And here in this specific passage the Holy Spirit gives the ability to speak in other languages. Now this isn't like, you know, when we talk about speaking in tongues and you guys see things on TV and and they're just like blah 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 that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about real languages. We're talking about real languages like Latin, like Greek, like I don't know if they spoke Spanish back then. Like, you know, like all they're real. They're not fake things. They're real languages. And here's what happens. Remember, what's the context? Tons of Jews from all over the world are here. In Jerusalem. And Jesus has just died, rose from the dead, and ascended. And it's crazy, and he's been appearing to people. And guess what? They hear this rushing wind You guys ever hear a sound in the middle of the night and you rush to see what it is? That's what's going on. All these Jews that are from all these different places rush to see what's going on with this huge sound that's happened. And they stumble across all these people speaking in different languages. And you know what? God wanted to share the good news with the Jews that were coming from all over the world and there was a language barrier. And God, through the Holy Spirit... Broke that barrier. Isn't that cool? God, through the Holy Spirit, broke that barrier. And I think this really speaks super powerfully to us today because this is the first time that the Holy Spirit is given. And what is he doing? He is breaking down barriers to the gospel being preached. That's crazy. When God's Spirit is given to His people who believe, your obstacles, those problems, those barriers, those seemingly impossible roadblocks start to fade. This is powerful. This is powerful what God does. And if the problems don't go away, the Holy Spirit gives you the strength and the ability to overcome them. This is incredible. And what were they saying in these different languages? It's in verse 11. They were saying the wonderful things that God has done. All these people from all over the world were hearing things like, Jesus loves you. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus is the Savior of mankind. God is the creator of heaven and earth, and he sent his Son to die for you. And all the Jews are like, (laughs) "Oh, I'm hearing this in my native language. What is going on? This is so, so cool. And then verses 16 through 31, we're not going to read it, we're just going to summarize. Peter, then filled with the Holy Spirit, starts to give this message and to tell all these people from all over the world that Jesus is their Savior and they need to turn to Him. It's this powerful message that Peter has filled with the Holy Spirit. And verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter's message from the gospel wrecks them in a good way. <laughs> you guys been wrecked at camp this week? <laughs> yeah. How many of you guys have been wrecked at camp for the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand. You see, God is doing this work still today. When God gets into your heart, and there's no deny, gets in Him, Don't fight it. Don't fight that Holy Spirit drawing you. Don't fight him. He loves you. These people knew they needed saving, and they knew that they were going to hell if they didn't have Jesus, and they were like, what do we do? In verse 38, Peter says, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repeat after me. It's really easy. Repent. Oh, that was, wake up, you can... come on, I... you guys are awesome, I... I love you guys, come on, say it loud and proud, outside voices, repent, repent. yes, that was awesome, okay, what does repent mean, turn away, turn, away. turn to God, turn to God. <laughs> repeat after me, ready, turn to, God. turn to God, we turn away from sin, we turn to God. You lay down your life for God when you turn to Him. And then third, be baptized. Be baptized. You baptize in Jesus, which you guys are going to have an opportunity to get baptized here on Friday. It's going to be awesome. For the forgiveness of sin. For the forgiveness of sin. Oh, try it again. For the forgiveness of sin. For the forgiveness of sin. Your spiritual criminal record is now wiped clean. That's right it's awesome and then lastly receive Receive. the Holy Spirit there we go I wasn't planning on that but good job you receive you receive the Holy Spirit but how do you receive it you receive the Holy Spirit by simply asking you don't have to conjure anything up You don't have to light a bunch of candles and set the mood lighting. You don't have to do any of that. You simply ask God, please give me your Holy Spirit. And notice that it's a gift. It said receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You guys love Christmas? I love Christmas. I I love Christmas. Gifts are given to you because people love you. But if you, (laughs) let's say that it's Christmas morning. And there's all those gifts there. And you decide, hey, you know what? Um, I, I need to work for these gifts that I'm getting because I know I'm getting that PS4 with like 5,000 games. Like, it's going to be awesome, right? But you, you feel bad about it. So, so what you do, is like you, you go get the lawnmower and you start to, to mow the lawn on Christmas morning because you feel guilty. What am I saying? You guys are from Arizona. We don't have grass. Okay, you start... <laughs> you, you, <laughs> You have rocks, right? You get the weed whacker out and you start going at it with weeds. And your parents get up on Christmas morning and like, what are you doing? It's Christmas. It's like, I, 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 just, I just wanted to earn my gifts. So many Christians, and I struggle with this, so many Christians, myself included, try to work for the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. He simply gives it to you. I love it. You just ask and receive. Verses 40 through 41, Peter urges them to receive Jesus, and what happens? Boom! 3,000 people get saved. He's the original Harvest Crusade, right? This is so cool. 3,000 people get saved, 3,000 people getting baptized all started because Christians got together to pray wait for the holy spirit and the holy spirit showed up i love how god works i love how god has orchestrated this and what is this result the amazing thing that god does now with people filled with the spirit verse 42 read it with me it says this and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. I love this. The church grows, God gets the glory, and this is what they're doing. Bible fellowship, eating, and prayer. This amazing thing that the Holy Spirit does, he builds something called the church. And the church is not buildings. The church is you. The church is us. And the Holy Spirit, when we come to Jesus, lives lives inside each and every one of us. And so what do we do in church? First, Bible teaching. We read the Bible, we study the Bible because it points to Jesus. And then we have fellowship. Some of the other teachers uh, touched on this earlier. This is awesome. I love how God orchestrates all this. Fellowship. Now, the only way you might be familiar with the word fellowship is because of Lord of the Rings. (laughs) The fellowship of the ring. And so like when when the fellowship is formed, right? And they're all together and they're slugging it out. and And then when the fellowship is broken because like they all scatter. And then in Gandalf's epic voice, the fellowship is broken, right? Because they're not together. What is godly fellowship? Again, as has been said before, it's your life that is physically and spiritually shared with each other and Jesus. It's something that we physically and spiritually share. Peter, uh, the West Campus youth pastor, uh, I love Peter. He's so funny. He's like, hey, if we're having fellowship, that means you're going to share that food with me. <laughs> He's like, cough it up, bro. Like, g- give it to me, <laughs> and then we'll have fellowship. But it, it's, in some respects, that's true. We share what we have with each other. We share our life with each other. What does this look like? Maybe it's a Bible study. Maybe it's simply praying with each other. Maybe it's just talking about things of God. Maybe it's going and encouraging each other with your walk of faith. Maybe it's simply rejoicing with those who rejoice and having fun. What? Christians can have fun? Yes. Can I get an amen? Oh my gosh. Sometimes it's mourning with those who mourn. And it was so blessed to see so many of you guys doing that last night when the Lord really broke through for a lot of people's hearts. See, we have this awesome fellowship, this awesome spiritual life sharing with each other. And like Thomas pointed out the other day, Christian friends are critical to your maturity as a follower of Jesus. And fellowship automatically means that we love one another. You can't have fellowship and hate the person that's next to you. You can't have fellowship like that. It's not real fellowship. We're commanded by Jesus to love one another, to lay down our lives for each other just like he did. That's Jesus. He's our example. But you know what? You guys ready for this? You know what? We can't love one another unless we're actually with one another. Hebrews 10.25 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to good works and don't forsake the assembling together of believers as is the custom of some. Stir up good works. Really simple. Figure out ways to really make somebody's day around you, both in a physical sense and in the spiritual sense. Figure out ways to bless them. Maybe it's something like, hey, can I help you with this? Hey, can I pray for you? Hey, it's your birthday, let's go get cake. Which happened, by the way. (laughs) It's really cool. Or, you seem really sad today, is there anything I can do for you? How can I help you? You stir up those good works, you figure out, hey, how can I encourage the person next to me. And with the Holy Spirit inside of you, you can change someone's life in a positive spiritual way and totally bless them. And here's the awesome part. When other Christians do this for you, you're just like, whoa, God's real. You know, I've experienced that when you're on the receiving end of fellowship and all there's all these Christians that just love you and you're overwhelmed. If you haven't experienced that, I pray that you do. Don't blow church off. Don't blow that hanging out with a spiritual purpose with other believers. And don't mistake me here. You may think, yeah, 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 pastor. Of course you can tell me to go to church. Conflict of interest. Big surprise. It's not my idea. It's God's idea. This may be touchy. And I, when I say this. Like you guys know I love you. I say this with all the love that I have. Seriously. If your friends, Christian or not, right now are pulling you away from church and that shared life with a spiritual purpose called fellowship, you need to do two things. Number one, you need to tell them about Jesus if they're not saved and bring them to church. And if they don't come with you, you need to find some new friends. I'm not saying that you write those friends off, I'm saying this. It doesn't mean that you let them drag you away from what you know now to be a very clear command from God. We we have to have relationships with people that don't know the Lord. Otherwise, who do we share Jesus with? I mean, we need to have those relationships, but we don't let them drag us away from the important things of fellowship or other priorities that come up in our lives. And I'm going to really offend a lot of people right now, and I, again, love I love you. I love you. So put your guard down. I love you. Sports. If you're at sports seven days a week and you don't have time for church, where is your priority? If you need to take a day off so that you can go to church and then you run in second string, guess what? It's a sacrifice from God. Go to church. Jesus wants to speak to you. Jesus wants you to be on the receiving end of that fellowship. He wants to help you through that. And you may say, I don't like church. I don't like my youth group. It's lame. I've heard them all, by the way. It's boring. It's just not for me. I don't know anyone. No one says hi to me. They're always judging me. Worship stinks. I don't get anything out of the teachings. Does this all sound familiar? Let me just see. Potentially valid concerns. Right? Because it's a problem if nobody says hi to you. It's a problem that, you know what I'm saying? Like those are things that We pastors got to work on and encouraging in our leadership potentially valid concerns but not enough to disobey god you and i need to be in fellowship find a loving bible teaching praying worshiping hanging out with spiritual purpose food eating youth group and go he loves you this is his design for your life A Christian that is not in fellowship is not going to be a Christian for that much longer. This is serious. He loves you. He's drawing you to be a part of this awesome thing called fellowship. And I totally get that people can be mean. Christians are sinners. We're all sinners. Even Christians are mean to one another. And it's wrong. It's not excusable. But don't let other people's immaturity prevent you from becoming mature in Jesus. Don't do that. He loves you guys. Third thing that the church does, they eat together. Enough said. (laughs) I love that part. Fourth thing, pray. They pray together. They talk to God together. They pray for one another. And here's the main point behind all of this. We need the Holy Spirit and the fellowship of the church. It is essential. It is not optional. And it's not to, to, to drag you to church or drag you to hang out with other Christians. Because again, fellowship doesn't happen all the time at church. Like it happened when you just go hang out on a Friday night and you're like, hey, let's go to Taco Bell. <laughs> Some of the adults are like, <laughs> it's okay. Let's go to Taco Bell. Let's do this. Let's go do that. Hey, let's go do this thing. Fellowship can happen anytime when there's multiple Christians involved. Here's the main point we're going to go with. Ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit because we need it. Whether it's your first time, whether it's the millionth time, because Ephesians 5.18 says this, to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one and done thing? It's, it's over and over and over and over. And I'll, Many of us are are like this example. You ready? Many Christians are like their smartphones in this area. You're on 1% battery, trying to send that last text, that last Snapchat, frantically looking for the charger, and your Christian life is no different when it comes to the Holy Spirit. You're on 1%. Frantically looking for for something from God because you know you need something. It's okay to frantically look something for God, but wouldn't it just be great to not be at 1% all the time or to pick up your phone or to look at your Christian life and be like, man, I'm totally dead. Jesus wants you and I to continually have that pouring into our lives of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is not active in a Christian life, this is what happens with a Christian. You get frustrated. You're just like, ah, I can't do this Christian life. This isn't working. That isn't working. Whatever, right? You and I get frustrated in our Christian life many times because the Holy Spirit is at 1%. Because, guess what? You and I were never designed to live this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Tying it back to the beginning. Do you find yourself missing something in your Christian life? Could it be that the Holy Spirit needs to fill you? Could it be that that you need to stop trying to get the gift of the Holy Spirit and you just need to ask? Could could it be that we simply just need to lay down our life and say, God, whatever you want, whatever you want to do, Holy Spirit-wise, I am open. The Holy Spirit will empower you. You I promise you won't lose control and get all weird. Okay, you won't do that. Why? Because one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. God wants to empower you to follow Him, to do what He wants, to love other people, to endure trials, to stop sinning, and so much more. It's the strength to live like Jesus. And Philippians two thirteen says this: God is working in you to get and gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. And guess what? What that means? You'll actually want. To follow God, you'll actually want to. When I was younger, back in my day, right? When I was younger, I didn't want to read my Bible at all. And that, you're like, you're a pastor, I'm like, what are you saying? I didn't want to read my Bible at all. And I knew it was important, and I just kept pushing it off. But then I finally had to get honest with God. I said, God, I don't like to read the Bible. Guess what? Lightning didn't strike. It's okay. Here's the amazing thing about that prayer. It was an honest prayer. But God already knows that you don't like to read the Bible. Ugh. This was my prayer, God. I want to want to read the Bible. The Holy Spirit gives you that desire and the ability to do those miraculous things. Again, just to encourage you guys, one of our leaders said this earlier in the morning, and it was so timely. If your life is good right now, if you're like, "Hey, Scott, like God has spoken to me, like life is good, like like I'm not doing drugs, I'm not sleeping around." I'm not into porn, like, I'm not into those things, like, God is good, God has been speaking to me, God is encouraging me, the, the teaching, like, I don't want to, to give you this idea that, that, that the teaching is going to be like, blah, 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 that's not what I'm doing, right? That's not what I'm doing. If you are that person, especially for those of you that have been Christians for a really long time, you're like, hey, you're not perfect, but things are good, things are pretty good right now. You're crying in worship, God is, God is stirring in your heart, you're raising your hands, God is speaking to you through the teachings. Praise God. Seriously, that is an amazing thing. Praise God. But many of you in this place may be wondering, what is the next step? Could I encourage you? What do you do? Go deeper. You will never discover the end of what the Holy Spirit has to offer you. Ever. Ever. Ever, you guys know the passage eye is not seen, ear is not heard nor is entered into the heart of man but God is prepared for those who love him and I love the next verse because many times we forget the next verse but God has revealed them to us by his spirit did you guys know that? that God can show you things that aren't even like you can't even, you can't even imagine them Like, God's like, here you go. And then your mind's like, right? You're like, whoa, mind blown. Jesus wants to do that for you. Again, if I could have a worship, you can come back up. That would be awesome. Here's what we're going to do, guys. If you have never received the Holy Spirit at all, if you're a Christian here, guess what? The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. But the Holy Spirit needs to fill you and come up, the Bible calls it come upon you and empower you. I grew up in church, and I can tell you that living the Christian life without the Holy Spirit is horrible. Because you view Christianity as all these rules and all these things that you can never achieve and can never do. But with the Holy Spirit, it's possible. Because Jesus is going to come and live inside of you. And here's what we're going to do really quick we're going to sing one worship song, and I want you guys to really seek the Lord. I want you to prepare your hearts. And we're going to come back and do something at the end of that song. But let's all stand. Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, you know, you guys know, whether you have that or not. Whether it's the first time, whether it's something you need, eyes up here guys, whether it's something that you need to be filled again, or for those of you, you just need to go deeper. Use this song to do that. Let's worship him.